Who, 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 blood for the blood god, heresy, um, heretics, ooh, oh. Do any of those words sound familiar to you? Well, then you probably are familiar with the franchise of Warhammer 40k. And if not, well, you're probably wondering, hey, go, what on earth is the deal with Warhammer 40k? Well, time for a little bit of a backstory. So, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Warhammer 40k is basically a franchise that got started by a tabletop series. Think like, uh, like a, like a, a, a war strategy game with like, with figurines that you could buy and paint and all of that. It's very, very, it's very popular. Um, and it also is, uh, known to, well, it's expanded into just a storytelling universe in general, which includes stuff like books and video games, and even the occasional fan-made movie. Now, you might be wondering, uh, well actually, I might as well tell you, so lately I have been playing a lot of the original Dawn of War, which is set in the original, which is set place in the Warhammer, uh, universe. And so, naturally, I've been playing a lot of that, and I've been like, hey, you know, it might be fun to make a few episodes based on this stuff, if you're into that. And so I had the thought of, uh, essentially going through each of the factions in the universe, and going through how they're all divided into their sub-factions and all of that. But in order to do that, I figured I needed to explain the factions themselves. But in order to do that, I needed to explain what the actual world of 40k is. So that's what this first—that's what this first one's gonna be all about. Um, I still don't know exactly how I can. Wait, what does this sound like exactly? Okay, never mind. That was uh, not exactly the best ideas, as it turns out. I sound too far away. Um, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, uh, so you might be wondering, hey, Go, what exactly is Warhammer 40k? Well, <laughs> okay, what's the, okay, what's the simplest way to explain what this universe is all about? Okay, well, let's start off with why it's called 40k in the first place. So 40k is basically the year that this is all taking place in, uh, 40,000. Uh, specifically, it is the 41st millennium, so the super, super far future, and there is essentially just endless war going on within the galaxy. Humanity uh, is fighting against a bunch of different uh, alien and demonic forces all across the galaxy. Some of these include the forces of chaos, which are, I suppose you could say, the main antagonist of humanity, as well as the Eldar, the Orcs, the Tau, the Dark Eldar, and the Necrons. Uh, oh, and the Tyranids. Far out, I always forget about the Tyranids. Ah, shit. Um, now, I feel as though, for the most part, only Orcs is going to ring a bell to you, for you. 
so I will explain what all of them are about in other video, or in other episodes, but I figured I might as well start off with humanity, mankind, or otherwise known as the Imperium of Man. So I might as well give a bit of background explanation on what exactly is going on with humanity. So, ever since the 35th, no, 25th millennium, I'm pretty sure, humanity had, well actually, up until the 25th millennium, humanity had gone through these, uh, these, this dark age of technology, where there was a huge uh, advancement in technology. We had super advanced technology all over the place, um, but uh, there's not really much information on what had happened, as it can be assumed that humanity was kind of fighting amongst itself, as we like to do, <laughs> um, until eventually we got, until eventually this one man uh, who is only ever referred to as the Emperor of Mankind, uh, because of what he ends up doing later, unites humanity and starts going on a massive colonization of the galaxy, expanding the breadth of humanity across the galaxy. Uh, multiple galaxies, possibly. I don't exactly remember, but a huge colonization, and during this time, mankind became known as the Imperium of Mankind, and became a galactic superpower. Uh, the main forces behind the Emperor's colonization were these things called Space Marines. Now, if you know anything about Warhammer 40k, you probably know about Space Marines. They're kind of the poster children of 40k. They're always the ones that end up on the posters for things. And so what are Space Marines exactly? The easiest way to think about them would be, imagine like Captain America, if Captain America got like double effective super soldier serum uh, and maybe some steroids on top of that and like an extra heart or something like that because essentially space marines are like these seven foot tall super soldiers that are effectively superior to normal humans in every way they are much stronger faster, more durable, they can think more quickly. I'm not sure about IQ, but they probably have big brain. Uh, they have an extra organ. I want to say it's an extra heart. But they also have acid spit. They can spit acid at their enemies. This almost never shows up in stories, but, uh, but you know, that, that's, that's it. That's, um... That they have it. They can spit acid at people when they want to. So that's cool, I guess. So anyway, these Space Marines ended up getting divided into 20 different chapters of Space Marines, each chapter being led by a Primarch. Now, the Primarchs were these very special people who were essentially the Emperor's sons. 
he genetically created all of them through science, and he made them into uh, super super soldier serum. Um, if a space marine is a super soldier, Primarchs are like super 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 soldiers. Like, I feel as though they would probably be able to single-handedly beat their entire chapter without that much trouble. But the Primarchs, there were 20 Primarchs created in order to lead the 20 chapters. And of those 20 chapters, two of them we just have absolutely no information on. We know absolutely nothing about two of the chapters. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know why that's the case, but, um, for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, we just have no information about, uh, the second and the, um, uh-oh, oh no, oh dear, ah, whew, that was, that was close, uh, almost accidentally uh, played an ad, that would have been pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, I have no idea why they just don't have two of them, but yeah, um, the second and eleventh chapters are just not ever mentioned once. Like, so, for the rest of this episode, you might as well just think about these dudes as just being 18 Space Marine chapters, 18 Primarchs for 18 Space Marine chapters. With me so far? Okay, cool. So, these dudes were all having a grand old time spending several thousands of years uh, going about colonizing galaxies. It was, it was all a good time. Um, fighting off pretty powerful aliens, but, you know, that's what the Space Marines are all for. Uh, until, eventually, in the 31st millennium, uh, this huge event called the Horus Heresy happened. Now, you remember when I was talking about the, the forces of chaos a little bit before? Yeah. This is part of the reason why Chaos is considered so dangerous. See, the thing with Chaos is not only do they have their own army, but they also have this uncanny... Okay, actually, I might want to explain a little bit better. So, Chaos... The forces of Chaos come from this place called the Warp. The Warp is this extra-dimensional... Well, it's this other dimension, essentially, that is so incomprehensible to humanity that it's... It's kind of Lovecraftian, actually. It is just completely incomprehensible to humans. And there are demons and chaos gods that exist within the warp. And the warp has this... Uh, unusual ability to corrupt people. It's kind of like the dark side of the force, in a way. It can corrupt people to fight for the forces of chaos instead of their previous allegiances, which, 
kind of sucks for a lot of people. Um, however, there are some people who have decided to play a very bold strategy and tried to harness the power of the warp in order to achieve basically magic. These people are called psychers and they're basically the wizards of the 40k universe and the Emperor of Mankind is actually considered to be the most powerful psyker in history. Uh, this is important later on. So one of the one of the Space Marine Primarchs, known as Horus Lupicol, who was the who was the uh, the Primarch leading the 17th Space Marine chapter at that time, known as the Lunar Wolves. Uh, this guy was uh, he was pretty well liked. He was pretty good, even among other. Primarchs, he was considered a very good fighter, he was very smart, had a good head on his shoulders, but the most important thing was that he was very charismatic. Pretty much everybody liked Horus. And he was he was kind of considered the golden child of the Primarchs. He was very well liked, and he seemed to genuinely have the Emperor's best intentions at heart. Um... He was, a, he was a really good guy. Uh, so much so, that he even got appointed as the Imperium's official War Master, one of the most powerful positions in the Imperium, and they don't really explain what the War Master position does, but I would imagine that it would allow you to, to basically have complete command over the army. That would kind of be my guess for what War Master is. So things were going pretty great until he eventually got corrupted by Chaos, which was a terrible thing to end up happening. Because when Horus turned to Chaos, he ended up bringing eight of his brothers to the forces of Chaos as well, as well as all of their Space Marine chapters. Horus himself ended up changing the name to his chapter from the Lunar Wolves to the Sons of Horus, and this is what led to the event known as the Horus Heresy, one of the biggest events in the Warhammer 40k universe, and definitely the biggest for humanity. It was a huge war that lasted, I think, like a th like 900 years or something like that, and it was devastating. Brother against brother, half of the Primarchs that had turned to chaos versus the other half that had stayed loyal to humanity, fighting against each other, brother against brother, trillions of people died from it. L trillions and it ultimately ended with the god emperor himself being forced to personally kill his son Horus in single combat and not just kill him his body 
and Seoul were completely destroyed, so there is absolutely no chance whatsoever of him ever coming back. At least if his soul was still intact, uh, there was a chance that he could have possibly been resurrected, or his spirit could have lived on, but here, he is, his spirit has been crushed completely. There's no way he can come back. And the Emperor himself was so heavily damaged by this event, by this battle, that he was essentially mortally wounded. Now, the forces of the Imperium tried to keep him alive. In order to do this, they attached him to a golden throne that was filled with, like, life support systems, and he has spent the thousand years, the last thousand years, on this chair, essentially on the brink of death. Because they just have to keep the Emperor alive. Now, in the thousand years since the Horus Heresy, the Imperium has become a mere shell of its former self. It is, it is rife with uh, xenophobia, um, you know, uh, classic racism, uh, religious zealotry, as well as uh, a a um. As well as a guilty until proven innocent legal doctrine, uh, to the point where heresy is considered to be one of the worst crimes you could possibly commit, and that is punishable by death. And this is also in a world where you don't actually have to be proven guilty at all. Just the suspicion of heresy is enough. And I mean, as terrible as this sounds, it does kind of make sense why they would be like that. Considering the last time Chaos was able to gain a significant foothold on the Imperium, it completely crippled them to the point where they have not been able to come back from that. So it makes sense that they would be extremely careful around any suspicion of chaos influence or heresy which is why heresy has become such a big meme in the 40k world or in the fan base rather um yeah another thing is that the imperium is kind of at a technological stagnation they have not improved on technology in that entire thousand years there is only the stuff that they had since the beginning of these colonizations. So, yeah, the Imperium's not doing exactly very well. Yeah. And the Primarchs that have stayed loyal, a lot of them are either dead, missing, or what what have you. Uh, I'll go into more depth about this later on. But yeah, so now you kind of have a bit of an idea on what exactly uh, 
the Imperium of Man is all about. So, so now we get into the main reason why I wanted to make this episode in the first place. Talking about all of the factions and sub-factions. Now, one of my favorite... I think actually one thing I really like about the 40k world is just how expansive this world is. And it really feels like an expansive world. Like, the Space Marines, as I had said, are divided into... At this point, the they're divided into chapters. And the chapters actually behave a lot more differently than just having different armor colors. They have their own different strengths and weaknesses in battle. They have their own personal histories. And it just makes... It means that two different Space Marine chapters can feel like completely different groups, despite the fact that they are both Space Marines. So, I figured... Well, first of all, there are now a lot of Space Marine chapters. Ever since the Horus Heresy, when there were just the 18, and then the 9 that stuck with the Imperium, there are, like, a lot now. You got second founding chapters, third founding chapters, but for now, we're just going to stick with the original first founding chapters. These were the original nine that had been with the Imperium ever since the beginning and decided to stick with the Imperium during the Horus Heresy and are still fighting the good fight out there. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be calling it off uh, for this episode. I know, yeah, right when we were getting into the main meat and potatoes of the whole thing, I'd call it off. Because, um, I told you, I gotta, I gotta set that preamble, you know? I gotta explain everything. Um, so yeah, I will see you guys next episode, and again, like, well actually, I haven't said it yet, but really, really sorry for, uh, having this episode be delayed. Very sorry about it, guys. Just stuff has been happening in life, and I had to attend to that kind of stuff as well. Uh, so yeah, really sorry about that. Hopefully, um, I'll be able to still keep up the weekly type of thing. Um, but yeah, if I if I do slip up on it ever, I'm really sorry about that. But I hope you enjoyed regardless, and I will see you in the next episode. I still don't know why I keep saying see you. I don't see anybody. <laughs> and you don't see me, so... Ugh. Anyway, regardless, stay tuned, I guess. Nah, it doesn't really work either. Gotta work on my ending sequences. Have a good one.